just giving me the opportunity to be up here, Father. And in your name I pray, amen. amen. And uh, I just want to bring up Pastor Greg. My bad, my bad, my bad. Appreciate it. Amen. Well, while we're taking up the offering and um, getting ready, we're going to be praying over uh, some individuals before we get started with the word. But um, I do want to, um, of course, you know, we have to understand that uh, the Word of God is what frames and forms the work of the Spirit of God, you know, in our midst. So we have to get the Word out there. Now, we just heard a great exhortation, uh, you know, and, and the atmosphere is set. You see, you know, the way... God works is illustrated in Genesis chapter one. It says that the spirit of God hovered over the faces of the water and God said, so you see all three members of the Godhead in operation. You have God, the father, you have the word, and then you have the spirit and the spirit would always do what the word came forth. And so, um, I want to remind you as we're going to pray for some healing uh, in regards to uh, some individuals and, and situations. Uh, Jesus said this when the paralytic man was brought down before him, and uh, he said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And the religious leaders were just in an uproar over him forgiving sins. They didn't have, in those days, they didn't have a problem with Jesus healing people. They had a problem with Jesus forgiving sins. And we've got it reversed today. We've got it reversed today. And uh, he says, which is easier? To say, son, your sins are forgiven or rise, take up your bed and walk. Notice he did not say which is harder. He says, which is easier? So here's my point. And this must go off in your spirit here today. If you'll grab a hold of it and you have ears to hear. You are just as healed right now as you are forgiven right now. Let me say that again. Let that permeate. Let that filter out. He that hath ears, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. You're just as healed right now as you are forgiven right now. Because it's one and the same. It's the same sacrifice. You cannot separate healing from the cross. You cannot separate it. But of course we have emphasized the forgiveness of sins. And if you ask anybody if they were forgiven of their sins, born again, they would say yes, absolutely, even though there's no physical evidence that they're forgiven. We have to take the same mentality when it comes to our bodies. Is that regardless of physical circumstances or change in, you know, symptoms or whatever, we must believe. Just as we believe that we are forgiven. Amen? Do you feel forgiven every day? Well, you know, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. But I don't go by my feelings. And it's the same way with healing. We can't go by our feelings. Amen? And so we just let that go through this house today because we as a family are going to pray over um, some situations and stuff. And 
I told Dennis I was going to do this, and I want Dennis to come up here. Dennis, if you come on up here, I want to pray for Dennis first. And um, Dennis is going in for knee reconstruction, get a brand new knee. And uh, we want everything to go well. I prayed for him individually at my house, but I told him we were going to call him up and we were going to pray for him. So I'd like Karen and uh, the, uh, the staff to come around him. And uh, we're going to lift him up. We're just going to believe that he's going to amend supernaturally and that the doctors are going to be amazed at his recovery time and uh, that the life of God is at work in him even now, even before the surgery, and that it'll be an easy recuperation and a great rehab with strength, strength from the Lord. Amen? Amen. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for Dennis. We just lay hands on him in the name of the Lord, and we just thank you, Father God, that he is filled with the life of God, the rivers of living water are on the inside of him, and they're bringing strength, health, and vitality to him right now in Jesus' name. And we thank you that this will go well. The doctors will be amazed at his recovery. He will rehab strong in Jesus' name and be better than he was when he went in in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go forth in the strength of the Lord, my brother. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. We've been blessed with so many wonderful children that have come into our family over the last couple of years, even this last year. And uh, we're going to be praying over baby Gabriel, so I'd like the Collins family to come up, and we're going to pray. Um, we're going to be praying over him, but we're basically coming into agreement with the family because they want God's best for their child. And so we want to pray over them and want to pray over baby Gabriel, and uh, we're praying for illumination and wisdom as to what the, the the plan of the Lord is, what the steps of the Lord. Because, see, we have to understand that many times when it comes to healing, healing is a journey. It's a journey. And uh, you have to keep your ear to the heartbeat of God when you're going through a healing journey because there are certain things that he will lead you to do and guide you to do in regards to that. And he'll put a witness on the inside of you as to what you need to do. Because when you're on a healing journey, you're dealing with all kinds of variables, all kinds of different things that uh, can kind of get you off track, can kind of get you out, you know, of the will of God. And, and, and uh, the enemy certainly doesn't want you to be on the trail the Lord would have you on. So we want to pray for that. I'm asking the... Um, the Staff to come up and to uh, pray over baby Gabriel here. We're going to anoint him with oil according to uh, James chapter 5, where it says, Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him anoint him with oil and, and lay hands on him. And um, the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And so we're believing God for creative miracles, for creative power. And uh, we believe it. Amen? Amen. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for this beautiful baby. And we lay hands on him in the name of the Lord. And we thank you, Father God, that he is restored and healthy and whole. Thank you for creative, miraculous things happening in his life and in the family, Father God, in Jesus' name. I just thank you for wisdom. 
and strength in the name of Jesus, wisdom, wisdom, Father God. We just thank you, Father God, that we see him totally restored, totally, 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 in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful in Jesus' name. Beautiful. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. I just sense a strong destiny on this child. A strong destiny. A strong destiny on this child. Hallelujah. (laughs) A strong destiny. Amen. 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 (laughs) Praise the Lord. The joy of the Lord is his strength. Amen. Amen. Will we believe? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I'm excited. I'm in anticipation of some good things today. And uh, I just know God has something very specific for us today. How many could use some more strength in your life? Rest of your lying. How many could use some more strength in their life? You know, you got to show the Lord that you're interested. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord has strength for you. And uh, we've been talking about being cross-eyed. And uh, the whole point is to show you that you can only see life truly as it is if you're cross-eyed. Because the cross should change your vision. It should take you from one perspective to a totally different perspective. Amen? And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that. I'm going to do a little bit of review, then we're going to move forward. And I believe God is going to impart supernatural strength through the cross to you today. See, we need to understand that the cross isn't just Jesus dying for us. The cross has a work to do in us. Amen? Amen. The cross must work in us. And when I talk about the cross, I'm talking about the totality of the work of Christ, which means from the time he was beaten upon his back and stripes were laid upon him for your physical healing, to the time that he was seated at the right hand of God the Father. And the fact that the New Testament teaches us that we were identified with him in all those various steps. That we died with him and he died as us. And that he was buried and raised from the dead and we were raised from the dead. And that he was seated and we are also seated in that same place. Amen. So we, we operate from a place of victory. We operate from a place in which it is finished. 
You see, Jesus is the only high priest that ever got to sit down. He sat down because it's done. I said it's done. It's done. The work of redemption, the work of the cross is done. We must absorb it, begin to take it into our lives. And the purpose of teaching is to take the word of God and to dissect it into pieces that are easily digestible. Because the more I take in the word of the cross, the more life is imparted to me. Come on now. Some people don't believe it. Jesus said this. He said, he said, listen, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't have any life in you. And they said, man, are you asking us to be cannibals? He's not talking about that at all. He was the word made flesh. And he said, my body is food indeed, our meat indeed, our bread. Amen. And as we partake of his word, as we bring it into our lives, it brings health and healing and strength to us. Amen. Are you with me? All right. Let's go to our first scripture there. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter one, verse number 18 says, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So it shows you very clearly that the cross is not just something that should be relegated in the past, but that the cross should be a reality in our daily lives. It doesn't mean necessarily that we see just Jesus hanging on a cross because Jesus is not hanging on a cross anymore. Jesus is raised from the dead. Can you say amen? amen? But the work of the cross should be a continual and perpetual work in our lives. That we should embrace the cross and want to learn more about what Jesus did. Because this is a divine transaction that I believe many in the church do not fully understand the ramifications of and understand what it truly purchased. So the apostle Paul says, listen, it is folly. Put that back up there, there, Kirby. It is folly to those who are perishing. Those who do not embrace and believe the gospel message. It's absolutely foolishness to think about the cross, but to us, but to us, it is the power of God. Amen? Amen. Praise God, which is the gospel message. The Bible says that the gospel is the power of God and the salvation. What's the gospel? The cross. The cross. What is the cross? The cross is, is that Jesus, everything that Adam lost, Christ has regained through the work of the cross. Can you say Amen. I need you to get more excited so I can get going. You'll go to the next scripture here. We're just reviewing the scriptures we looked at before. In the second chapter of the same book, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1, he says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. Next verse. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ. Now, he doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop there. He says, Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
See, it's vital and important that we understand the whole totality of what Jesus did. The whole reason why the Pauline revelation of the New Testament was written is so that we could see the x-ray view of what was done in the Gospels. Because if you just simply went by the Gospels, if without properly, you know, interpreting it with the Old Testament and the types and shadows, you wouldn't get the understanding of it. Because it would just look like an innocent man that was that was put to death. But when we understand the types and shadows of the Old Testament, we understand the totality of the entire Word of God from Genesis to Maps, then we understand that the cross and Jesus Christ crucified is really what needs to be the emphasis of your life. Come on. There's people distracted by all different things. What the Lord is telling us in this season, in the start of this year, 2023, is that our focus must change. We've got to stop worrying about pandemics financial crisis and stupidity in government offices. We've got to stop believing that these have ramifications upon our lives. They may temporally stifle or hinder certain things in our life, but ultimately they are just a speed bump. Ultimately. They're a pebble in the road. Because if we'll focus on the cross, we focus on the one thing the enemy does not want you to focus on. Because by knowing Jesus Christ and him crucified, you are solidifying within yourself that Satan's ultimate defeat was done at the cross. He does not want you to know that. He doesn't want you to understand that. He doesn't want you to absorb that. So he wants to obscure the view of the cross so that you cannot see that he has been irrevocably destroyed through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He wants you to believe that he's still very much in power that he is still very much active and that he can do destruction in your life as he wills. But the cross says no. The cross says those that embrace the cross, that believe in the cross, that understand the cross, know that we have been separated in this world, that we are not a part of this system, that we have been set apart by God and protected by his hand. We have been given his strength, given his power, given the Holy Spirit, given his word so that we could be overcomers in this life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. What other scripture do we got there? We're doing a little review here. All right. Now go to the next one there. All right. Go to the next one, brother. I don't know what I've got in here. All right, go on. Okay. Galatians three, one. All right. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as 
crucified. Now notice what the gospel message does. The gospel message always preaches Christ crucified. Because that's the answer, friends. That's the answer. That's the solution to man's problems. All of man's problems are solved through the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in Adam all die, but in Christ all are made alive. So basically what he's saying, everything that was in Adam, everything that came through Adam has now been utterly revoked, destroyed through the work of the last Adam. And that's the reason why it's important to understand that when the gospel is preached, when it's truly preached, it should be preached in such a convicting way that you see Jesus Christ publicly crucified. You see him because they were not there at the public execution of Jesus. They were not physically there. They didn't see it with their physical eyes. How did they see it? They saw it through the preaching. They saw it through words. But notice the apostle Paul criticizes them and calls them foolish because they have been bewitched. They were bewitched with another vision, with another gospel. They were given, the word bewitched means evil eye in the Greek. They were given an evil eye. So that tells me this, that in order to truly have life and health and and the gift of salvation working in my life, my eyes have got to be fixed on the right thing. And that the enemy wants to get my eyes in an evil eye. And when we talk about an evil eye, we're not necessarily talking about pornography and and murder and things of that nature or R-rated movies or anything of that nature. What we're talking about is an eye that does not embrace the full message of the gospel. And that happens. People get other ideas about what Jesus did and they begin to take on different mentalities. And majority of what he's addressing in the book of Galatians is a performance-oriented, works-based relationship with God. That is an evil eye. If your eye is on what you do for God, then the enemy's going to keep you in condemnation, which will cause sickness to be gravitational pull to you because once you receive condemnation in your life, you're opening yourself up for judgment because you've already judged yourself that you are unworthy of the gift of life. And so sickness just is attracted to that condemnation. A majority of the body of Christ is wrestling with condemnation, guilt, and shame. When if they would fully embrace the publicly portrayed crucifixion of Christ through the gospel, they would not wrestle with condemnation, guilt, and shame. Because the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin and of death. Amen? Okay, we're reviewing now. Go on to the next one, Kirby. Let's skip Numbers 21. When Numbers 21, we talked about the serpent on the pole. How many remember that? 
Let's go to Matthew. Matthew, uh, but uh, the serpent on the pole was put up, and uh, they were in crisis. Snakes are around them, biting them. People are dying around them, and they have to gaze at that pole. They have to gaze at that serpent on the pole. And as they gaze, not glance, but gaze, that means they have to fix their gaze on it regardless of what was going on around them. They couldn't look at the doctor's report. They couldn't look at the financial reports. They couldn't look at the sensory knowledge that was around them. They had to fix their gaze on this serpent on the pole. It wasn't a lamb on the pole. It was a serpent on the pole because he became a curse for us. The lamb became a serpent and he became our sin. So that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so they had to gaze. And as they gazed, they were both forgiven and they were both healed. And Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, just as the serpent, Moses raised up the serpent in the wilderness. So must the son of man be raised up. So that all should believe on him shall be saved. Amen. Praise God. When we look at the cross, when we look at the, I mean, the cross is true north to the child of God. Amen. The cross is true north. I mean, you want to get your life in alignment. You want to get your life where it needs to be. If you find yourself out of the way, you need to gaze at the cross. That doesn't mean you just get across and sit there and gaze at it. It means that you get in your Bible and you begin to absorb the message of the cross. Amen. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. So let's look at Matthew. Hallelujah. There's so much distraction in our world right now. And uh, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. It says the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Now notice, go go back to it. It says the eye is the lamp of the body. Now many people have misinterpreted this and said the eye is the window to the soul. Well, that's totally another concept or idea. That's not what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying the eye is the lamp. So what does a lamp do? It illuminates and highlights certain things. So he's basically saying... What you look at matters. Now, when he look, when he says this, he says the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, the word healthy there means singular. Are you getting this? It means singular. Not fragmented. But a singular focus. How do I receive health? From the cross through singular focus. See, it says, so if your eye is singular, your whole body will be full of light. Now, you have to understand in the New Testament, light and life are synonymous. Light and life are synonymous. Go to the next verse there. It says, but if your eye is bad, That means if it's fragmented, if it's not singular, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? 
So what light you do have is going to be taken away from you. Jesus said that somewhere else, didn't he? He said that in Mark chapter 4. He says, to him that hath shall be more be given, but to him that hath not shall be taken away even which he has. So he's basically saying that even the little bit of light that you have, if you don't keep a singular focus, if you continue to be fragmented and distracted in your the lamp of your eyes and get your eyes on the wrong things, then it's going to cause darkness to come in. And what it, does it mean by darkness? Does it mean that sickness and disease rolls into the darkness? No, it just simply means ignorance begins to come in and you begin to get dumber. Hello. Did you know looking at certain things can make you dumb? Then you haven't been at a bar around midnight. I love you some. Some of you know that story way too well. I mean, there's something. You can get so possessed with a possession or something that you want that you can your IQ will drop 30 points. Hello, you can get your focus on something that God doesn't want you to, to have and you can lose your mind. You can lose your mind. Hello. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He doesn't, he wants to take away your singular focus because your singular focus is going to bring light and life into your body, into your being. So he wants to get you to look at a fence, look at someone's weaknesses, look at someone's, you know, oh, they did this and they've done that. And they, you know, don't you know what they did? You get your eyes on that. Then praise God, your, your, your whole body's not going to be filled with life and light. See, life and light drives away sickness and disease. Are you with me? I'm talking about illness here because I, I just sense that the Holy Spirit's talking to some people about it. See, sometimes it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's your focus is not on the right things and it's causing problems in your life. You see... You're filled with darkness, ignorance. You're stumbling around. You can't find your way. Amen? Okay? So what, what do I got next there, brother? Okay. Isaiah 41 and verse number 10. This is very good scripture. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, keep that scripture up there. Don't take it off, Kirby. I know you got itchy fingers. But, <laughs> but notice that over and over in the scripture, especially in the Old Testament, we see the word strength and strengthen. When we see the word strength in the Old Testament, we just need to make it synonymous with health because that's what it is. Strength is health. It's synonymous with health. Amen? Amen. Strength is what you need. But he tells you how to get it here. He says, fear not. There's nothing that will deplete your strength more than fear. He says, don't fear. Now, he doesn't just tell you to not fear. 
because that wouldn't be fair. Because, you know, I've had people tell me, Greg, not, don't fear, don't fear. And I'm thinking, well, I'm trying not to. I'm trying as hard as I can. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? See, we have to have the revelation for I am with you. See, that's what, that's the revelation that must be prominent in our eyes if we're not going to operate in fear. Because God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. But of power and love and a sound mind. But the only way I'm going to be able to operate in that is if I know that God's with me. And over and over in the scripture it says, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. The Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. Then the, the psalmist says, when I'm afraid, because guess what? There's going to be times you're going to be afraid. He says, I will trust in you. Now, how am I going to trust in you? The next phrase, in God whose word. Oh, come on now. In God whose word. See, it's always going to lead you back to the book. If you don't have any regard for this book, you're not going to be able to operate in these things. I'm sorry. You can pray all you want to. But if this book is not central in your life, I'm sorry to tell you this. Most churches won't tell you this. They're okay with you bringing your little phone. I'm not. I think you need a big, bold letter, holy Bible that you can hold in your hand, write in, mark in, cry in, sweat in, and bleed on. I'm telling you what, if I died, they could take this Bible and they could clone me. From the DNA that's on these pages. How about you? Amen. So he says, don't, don't fear for I am with you. Now, the next phrase gives us another key on how to stay in strength. Because how many want to stay in strength? How many realize that when you're strong, you're healthy? How many realize that when you're weak, you're sickly? That's just what, that's what it is. What do doctors look for? They look for strengths. You know, if you go in and you have a stroke or something like that, the first thing they want you to do is they want you to almost wrestle them. They'll say, take hold of my hands and pull as hard as you can. I, I, when I, when I had mine, I was sitting there and I just pulled that guy right across me. I said, strength. You need strength and strength comes from the Lord. I said, strength comes from the Lord. Strength is a spiritual force. It doesn't come from your physical blood pump. We think it comes from the natural, eating good diet and exercising. No, strength comes from the Lord. Strength is a spiritual force. And you, because of virtue of the cross, if you'll be single focused on the cross, you can receive strength from the cross right now. Am I speaking to anybody? He gives us the next clue. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. If you're going to operate in strength, if you're going to operate, you've got to not fear. You've got to know that God's with you. He's not just with you in the New Testament. He's in you. And then he says, don't be dismayed. Now, that word dismayed is a very interesting word. And it means to keep your focus on. To look and to see. So he says, don't, and we can actually translate this this way. Don't 
put your eyes off of me. That's what he's saying with the word dismayed. Don't put your eyes off of me, for I am your God. So what is the purpose of the enemy? It's to distract us from the truth that we are to take our eyes off of him and put our Godship on something else. We can give Godhood to our doctors. We can give Godhood to our accountants. We can give Godhood to our parents. We can give Godhood to other people in our life that are speaking in our life. God says, listen, don't be dismayed. Don't get your eyes off of me. I am your God. And then he says, I will strengthen you. He says, I will help you. I will uphold you with the, with my righteous right hand. And that's a type of Jesus Christ. The righteous right hand is the power of God. Where is Jesus seated at? At the right hand. Where are you seated at? At the right hand. So therefore your strength comes from the right hand of God. Amen. Okay. All right. Next scripture. This is pretty fun. I don't have to flip through my Bible. In Hebrews 11, verse 24, we see Moses, one of the men of faith that is described in this chapter. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Next verse. Choosing rather to to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Next verse, he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. And listen, if you're going to go anywhere in God, you're going to have to go through that. You're going to have to value the reproach of Christ, which is this. This is the reproach of Christ. You're going to have to value that more. Than the riches of this world. The only way you're going to truly live. Is if you truly die. It doesn't mean that you die physically. It just means that you appropriate your life. And you put yourself. On the cross. Because Jesus didn't just die for us. He died as us. We're identified with him. We're one spirit with him. And you've got to learn. And consider, notice it's an act of your will to consider the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking to the reward. Notice he doesn't say looking to a reward. He's looking to the reward. The reward is Christ. That's the Christ. If you're looking for a reward, you've already got one. It's Jesus. All right. So next, by faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of anger of the king. For he endured. Now keep it, keep it here. All right. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, here's the key. In Deuteronomy, the last chapter of Deuteronomy, when Moses was 120 years old, it makes this statement. And it makes it for a reason, guys. It says, his eyesight was undimmed and his natural forces were unabated. 
That meant that 120 years ago, his natural forces were strength. He had strength. That's what they're saying. Strength in his eyes. Somebody needs to get a hold of this. Strength in his eyes. Strength in his body. At 120 years old. Let me say that about five more times. Because we've got this misnotion that we get old, we're just going to break, break apart. That's not what God's will and desire is for you. He said that you'll grow fruit in old age. Come on now. And as many as your days, so shall your strength be. That's what the Bible says. But for some reason, we've bought into this idea that we're just going to get weaker and weaker and weaker like an old Duracell battery. And uh, we're just going to fall apart. We're going to get that corroded stuff on top of us, you know, and things of that nature. And we've, we've bought into the lie of the enemy. Come on now. I mean, Kirby was right here last week. And when the message of the gospel came forth through Pastor Kevin and he was walking through there, this man's been struggling with his knee for two years now. And uh, Kirby's old. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Kirby's not as young as when you and I first met. You know, we were in our 20s and 30s, you know. And uh, he, the Spirit of the Lord passed by him. His knee popped, and he hadn't had pain in that knee. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There's divine life from the Word of God. Amen? So... If Moses, who lived in the old covenant, I, you know, nobody got that over here. I, I, you know, when Moses, who lived in the old covenant and did not have the finished work of Christ to look back on, he was looking forward to the work of Christ and he did not have eyesight problems at 120 years old. I've met some hundred year old and he's like, you know, no, he didn't have it. And he was strong. I said he was strong. He was strong. It says he endured as seen. Notice this. The eye is the lamp of the body. What you look on. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. How do we see in the invisible? Right here. This is the eyesight in the invisible. And the amazing thing about that word endured, it means strength. Did you get that? The word endured in the Greek means he was strengthened as seeing. Are you getting a hold of this? Here's the problem. We wonder why we're so tired, why we're so run down. It's because you got your lamp on the wrong thing. Your lamp is on your business, your kingdom, your this, your, you know, all, you know you're not putting your focus where it needs to be. You're looking at the visible. So that means this. 
that to continue to maintain my lamp on the visible things of my life will deplete me of strength. But if I continue to put my lamp on things that are unseen and visible things of God, strength will come to me. Are you getting anything out of this? I'm telling you, there were times, you know, where I just felt absolutely depleted, absolutely worn down, worn out. And I go back and I evaluate how, how many times have I been in the word? And I can tell you very quickly that when, when, when I'm not in the word, I get weak in every area. I get weak in my mind. I get weak in my morals. I get weak in my body. Why? Because Jesus said this, a very interesting thing when he talked about, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, he was talking about him being the word made flesh and that he was the bread that came down from heaven. Come on, somebody. And so he said, if you don't eat of me, if you don't partake of me, well, how do we partake of him? Through his words, because that's what he said. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So anytime I open this book, this is inspired word from God. This is faith food. This is angels food. This is spirit food. And if I get into this, even if I don't understand it, if I'll read it, if I'll take it in, it is food. I don't understand why broccoli works. I don't understand why, you know, various vegetables work and do what they do. I don't have any understanding, but I eat them. And they bring strength and health and nutrients to my body. It's the same way with this. Moses was strengthened. How was he strengthened? He continued to endeavor to see him who is invisible. How did he do that? Well, he interacted with the Shekinah glory of God. He saw the visible manifestation of God on Sinai. He saw the cloud and the fire come down over the tabernacle. He was the only one that was able to go in and fellowship with God. He was known as God's friend. And here we have the Shekinah glory of God, not outside of us, but inside of us. We have the rivers of living water and there's nothing more powerful than a river. They make electricity with rivers. And we have the divine life of God on the inside of us by virtue of the cross. Strength is not outside of you. Strength resides on the inside of you. It is through the appropriation of the cross of Jesus Christ that reveals this power that is inherent within each and every one of us. If we're born again. You don't have to be weak another day of your life. I'm not saying you're not going to feel weak at times. But you don't have to be weak. Hello. So he saw something. And it gave him strength. 
But he saw something that other people couldn't see. Now let that sink in. There are people that have no regard for that book you're holding. No regard for it all. Don't even own one. Don't even have any clue. And it's not really that they're ignorant of it. They just don't refuse it. Hello. Are they going to see in the invisible? No, they're not. Are they going to see into the unseen? How about a believer that does have a Bible? But never reads it. Are they going to see in the unseen? Are they going to see in the invisible realm? Are they going to see him who is invisible? No, they're not. So therefore, what's going to happen? They're not going to be strengthened. Come on, guys. It's elementary, my dear Watson. This is medicine. The Bible doesn't say it's like medicine. It says it is medicine. And you can read all of the chronologies in the book of Chronicles and get healed. It doesn't have to be the healing scriptures. It can be any scriptures. This is spirit and life. Amen? Come on now. Hallelujah. What else do I got there, my brother? By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch him. Amen. Let's go to the next scripture here. James 1.21. I'll tell you why. The, the spirit of the Lord is here. You'll get a hold of this. Get a hold of this. It's about focus. What are you focusing on? Are you letting the distractions of this age cause you to not see what you need to see? See, the enemy wants you to look at all kinds of things. He wants you to look at bank account, look at your, you know, the various meters that govern your life, those identifiers that we all embrace and take hold of. He wants to get you to look at that stuff so that he keeps you away from the cross because the cross is where your life is. That's where you were born. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Now, notice this. He doesn't say, go back to that, brother. I'll tell you what. I got itchy, itchy finger here. All right. Which is able to save your soul. Notice he's not talking about that they're not saved. He's talking to believers. They're saved in their spirit. He says, the word of God is what saves your soul. Amen. See, you, you, you are saved because you're born again, but you're being saved in your soul and you will eventually be saved in your body. So the work of God, now here's a key to understanding how strength is imparted to you is that God always works from the inside out. Amen. You know, there's nothing wrong with going to the doctor. There's nothing wrong with that, but they work from the outside in. So they're looking at it from the outside in. But if you want, you know, and desire healing, you need both. You need to work from the inside out 
And you need for work from the outside in sometimes. Amen? But I believe that if you'll continue uh, in the word of God, you'll know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And you'll be able to work the work that God has put within you and be able to rise above any kind of sickness and disease and weakness in your body. I believe that. Okay, so next one, it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Now notice that you've got to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. You can't just hear it. You don't really truly hear something unless you apply it and do it in your life. Then he goes on and says this. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. Go ahead. Next one. For he looks at himself and he goes away at once and forgets what he was like. Now notice that. If a person just simply hears the word like you're hearing it today and does not apply it to their life, they're like a person that was in, you know, as we're preaching the word, you're being face to face with the mirror of God's word. That's what you're being faced with right now. And you're looking in it. But you decide to not apply it, not to do it, not to be obedient to it, not to give it any thought, not to meditate on it. And what you do, you turn away from the mirror. See, your lamp goes to something else rather than staying on what it needs to stay. You need to keep your lamp on the thing that's going to bring you life. Okay, and he forgets. I'm telling you what, if I ask you what was the message Wednesday night and you were here Wednesday night, some of you wouldn't even be able to tell me what it was. Come on now. I've been the same way. I've listened to messages, went off and uh, steer in, just wiped it all away. You know, that those enchiladas just kind of just caused amnesia to happen in my life. I just... Got so enraptured. Hello. Or afternoon football. Hello. Some of you like that. Some of you don't. Afternoon football or afternoon activities, you know. I'm not saying that you have to go sit in there, but you got to keep your focus on it. Because notice what it says. Next verse. But the one who looks into. Now the word looks. Does not mean a steadfast glance. I mean, I mean a, a partial glance. It means a steadfast, absolute gaze. I mean, uh, man, what pastor said, I'm thinking about it. I'm, you know, I'm praying about it. I'm looking over the scriptures again. I'm, I'm going to look that up again. I'm going to go over my notes. I'm going to, you know, get some more light on this situation he says, but if, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and, and uh, perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Amen? Amen. It's vital. It's important for you to understand that. What? You gaze upon is the difference between weakness and strength. That's good. That's good. Good work. 
And if anything that I know is that the church has been distracted. The enemy has set forth traps to get our gaze, and that's the reason why we're in a weakened condition. Amen. I'm telling you what, I, let's, let's go to, these are not scriptures that I've got on there, okay? But we're going to go through them anyway. I want to show you something here in the New Testament in regards to understanding strength. And this should be a prayer that you should pray. It's found in Ephesians chapter 3. <clears throat> and I want to show you how strength comes before we close out. The Bible says over and over in the Psalms, the Lord is my strength. In fact, the psalmist would say, oh, my strength. Miriam, after the horse and rider was thrown into the sea, she sang a beautiful song. The song of Miriam had a tambourine and all. And she said this, the Lord is my strength, is my song, and has become my salvation. See, we have to begin to identify. Because, see, when Christ was diminished of his strength on the cross, his strength transferred. You didn't get that. As he diminished on the cross, there was a renewing, a bringing back of strength to the believer. You and I, through his life being poured out, now his life can be poured in. But you have to believe it. There's some of you saying, well, I don't much believe in that. You know, I don't know what he's saying in there. Well, you won't have a problem with it then. It won't work for you. Jesus' life, according to Psalm 22, was poured out like water. So that we could have life in us. He gave his life so that we could have life. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. See, he transferred that over to you. When you believed on him, he breathed in you the breath of life again. Your blood is filled with the life of God. Your bones have the life of God. Your organs have the life of God. You are a new creation. God dwells in your clay vessel. Now those that do not have Christ are just simply a clay vessel. But you are not. You are a spirit joined with the Holy Spirit living in a physical body. Oh, get a hold of that. That's the reason why we say things like, greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. Why? Because the greater one affects the outer world. You can't help but have the power and life of God on the inside of you and it not affect you physically. No more than if you were with a 
uh, nuclear isotope and you had it sitting here on, you, you think that's going to affect the people within, you know, uh, you know, a, a mile radius? Absolutely it is. It's going to bring sickness. It's going to bring pain. It's going to bring cancer because of its power. But I'm here to tell you, you've got a power even greater. The power that created the universe lives on the inside of you. Jesus said in the 14th chapter of the gospel of John, he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and my father will love you. And he says in me and my father will come and we will dwell in you. We will make our, as the Greek says, our special dwelling place on the inside of you. You are God's address in the earth. God lives and abides in you. Amen. (coughs) Excuse me. The third chapter of of Ephesians, verse 14. For this reason, I, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, He may grant you to be strengthened. Now, he doesn't stop there. He shows you how the strength comes. Strengthen with power through his spirit in your inner being. How does strength come to the believer? Strength comes to the believer through the Holy Spirit into our spirit. And it translates out into our physical body. I remember the 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul, uh, Paul talking about the gifts of the Spirit. He talks about praying in other tongues. And he says this. He says, when I pray in an unknown tongue, this is the amplified version. He says, my spirit by the Holy Spirit prays. So in that we see how things are transferred to us. The misnomer that a lot of believers have is that everything that God does is outside. That's one of the biggest fallacies that you could ever fall for. The devil wants you to keep reaching for the carrot. Thinking that God is up on the throne and he's, you know, got a little, you know, fishing pole and he's jerking it back. And, you know, you might get lucky one day and get the blessing. Nothing could be further from the truth. God's face is towards you. His hand is open. Jesus is God's yes and amen to all the promises of God. So if you need a promise from God, if you look in the word and you find a promise, the answer is already yes. Because the cross is what says yes. Okay. Now let me take you back to a story in 1 Samuel 30. Now you just go there with me in your mind. David is coming back to his place. He's staying in the region of the Philistines and Philistia. And uh, he's having to go back, 
you know, to his family after being out and doing some work for the Philistine king. And he sees over the horizon his whole village is on fire. I mean, you know, there's smoke billowing. And when they get there, no one's there. All of their children, all of their wives, and he had a couple of them, okay, uh, are gone. They could keep the mother-in-laws, but um, the wives... Okay. They're all gone. And it says, man, you know, they went through the stages of grief. They went to blaming, blame shifting, and wanted to stone him. And they cried until they had absolutely no power to weep any longer. And David also, David cried until he had no more power to weep. But what separated David and what separates you When crisis comes to your life, when someone steals your family, when someone steals your money, when someone steals your health, you have a different, you have, you have a source. You don't have to rely on this. You got something greater. And even though David wasn't born again, he knew where the answer was. And it says that he got away and he began to, the Bible says, encourage himself in the Lord. And the actual word means David strengthened himself. David strengthened himself. And I'm telling you, I wanted to know what David did. Because it doesn't say what he did. It just says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. But David tells you what he did. He tells you what he did in 1 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse number 11. Let's look over there. You want to know how he strengthened himself in the Lord? Go where the Bible still sticks together. The pages still stick together in 1 Chronicles chapter 16. Hallelujah. If I can find it, I'll be more than blessed. In verse number 11. This is the key. And it's just simply just one verse. It says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek the Lord and his strength. Notice what it says. Seek his presence continually. Moses endured by seeing him who was invisible. David is looking at utter devastation and travesty with no opportunity to retrieve what he has lost. Smoke is billowing in the air. His own men are wanting to kill him. He's listening to their words, their criticisms. But yet he decides to strengthen himself in the Lord. And how does he do it? He gets his lamp. Oh, you're... I said he gets his lamp off the situation. He gets his lamp off the doctor's report. He gets his lamp off of the echocardiogram. He gets his lamp off of the financial distress. (coughs) And he turns his lamps. If you'll get this, this will help you. He turns it to him that's invisible. 
Because he knows if he's going to overcome in the natural, he's got to get with the invisible. If it's going to overcome in the physical, it's going to be first taken in the spiritual. Healing, just as strength, comes by the spirit to your spirit. Amen? Even in the laying on of hands, the point of contact of the laying on of hands, if I was to lay my hands on Joel's head and pray over him in the name of the Lord, what it's doing as a believer is the Holy Spirit anointing is going directly to his spirit and coming out into his body. Because the spirit, your spirit, is the contact point. Amen. Okay? Every one of us have homes, and some of us have cable, and some of us have satellite, and some of us have Wi-Fi. The only thing that distinguishes a house from having Internet capability and a house that doesn't is a receiver. You receive from God, not in your head. You receive from God, not in your body. That's the reason why symptoms don't just simply go away all the time. You receive from God in your spirit. Your spirit is the receiver. Now, if David and Moses, who did not have the covenant you and I have, who did not have God living on the inside of them, received from God strength to be able to see and strength to live and the ability to retrieve what the devil had stolen from him because David recovered everything. How much more? How much more? How much more? You got time for one more scripture? Let's go to Isaiah. This is a very familiar scripture to us, but I, I, you know, sometimes we look at these scriptures and we read over them and we don't really get the full import. Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. And verse number 29. Oh, this is good news. We're talking about being cross-eyed. When you're cross-eyed, when you look at the full import of the cross, when you see it in all its brilliance and all its colors, praise God, life's imparted to you. You have operated a higher level of living. Do you believe that? It's what you're putting your lamps on. He says, he gives power to the faint. Can someone say amen? Amen. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. You know, Joel said something very interesting. Joel, not Joel Brewer, but the prophet Joel. Although we got a prophet Joel Brewer here. He says, let the weak say what? Let the weak say, I am strong. Why? Is that lying? You're weak. No, it's not lying. 
God says, let the weak say, I'm strong. So guess what? Put your hand on your belly. Say, I am strong. I am strong. I am strong. I am strong. Praise God. When you begin to agree with God, that strength, what, what are you doing? You're actualizing what's on the inside of you. See, it's belief in your heart and confession with your mouth that releases. See, most people are just sitting there and keeping their mouth shut and letting symptoms beat the fire out of them. When all reality is, is, you know, that what's in them is greater than any symptom they have in their body. But we serve a God who gives power to the faint. And to those that have no might, he increases in strength. God increases strength. Strength is a spiritual force. John G. Lake, who was a considerable person in the early 20th century, late 19th, early 20th century, he was a major um, evangelist in the realm of healing in that time period and had miraculous things. In fact, he would move to cities and the hospitals would almost go broke because of his ministry. He would have tents and he would teach people about the concepts that I'm teaching you right now. And he said they, the cities didn't want him there because the hospitals were empty. And he said this. He said that God's power and strength is in us at all times, 24-7. It is through our faith that we direct it. So if we have heart issues, we direct it towards our heart. If we have kidney issues, we direct it towards the kidneys. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. That same spirit will quicken, quicken. Quicken means to make alive. It's the word zuipoyo in the Greek. It means to make alive, rejuvenate, refresh, restore, revitalize. Your mortal body, not your glorified body, your mortal body. So the life that God put within you is, has also the energy to heal and power you. I'm just letting this sink in. Guys, I'm, I'm trying to save you some time and money. If you'll get a hold of it. you got ears to hear this, this will help you. He gives power to the faint. And to those that don't have any might, he increases their strength. Even young people shall faint and be weary. And young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. <coughs> now, here's the problem. Most people think waiting on the Lord. Well, I'm just waiting on the Lord to do something. The word wait is the same word or is the same concept that we've been talking about. Moses grew strong by looking at the invisible David strengthened himself in the Lord 
by looking to God. What happens when we took, take our lamps and put them on the right thing? Hope arises in your heart. And hope brings encouragement and strength. Notice it says this, but they who wait upon the Lord, that means to, to look with hope and expectation. When I'm waiting on the Lord, I'm not just passively just waiting on him to show up like a bus. I am waiting in anticipation. I have hope. I have faith. I know it's going to change. Because my eye is on the right thing. But if you continue to look at the negative report, if you continue to look through the evil eye, none of this is going to happen. It says renew their strength. Actually, the Hebrew says exchange. That's right here. Is a divine exchange between the Son of God and you. He became sin who knew no sin. He became sick who knew no sickness. He became impoverished who knew no poverty. So that you and I could become the righteousness of God, the healed of God, and the blessed of God. An exchange happened. And those that wait and keep their lamp on the Lord will exchange their weakness for his strength. Are you with me? Do you understand that? It's very important that you get a hold of this because one day you're going to be tested on this. I'm not prophesying. I'm just telling you. There's going to be a time in which you, you, your natural strength is going to fail. It's going to fail you mentally. It's going to fail you somewhere in your life. You're going to be in a situation that you can't seem to get out of. Guess what? I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The word strengthen in that verse is endunamize. And it means to be strengthened from within. Where does your strength come from? It comes from within you. Not in and of yourself, but by the Holy Spirit in your spirit. Amen. We could go over and over multitude of scriptures about the Lord giving strength to his people. And being their strength. Multiple times the psalmist says, Lord, you are my strength. He says, oh, my strength. My song, my salvation. He says that you are strengthened by God in all that you do. He says that we are to go in the strength of the Lord. 
We are to operate in his strength. The New Testament says that I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The Bible says that the righteous go from strength to strength. Not strength to weakness, strength to strength. Strength to strength. And the Lord said this in the Psalms. He says, the Lord is the strength of your heart and your portion forever. So let's stand up. Lift your hand. Say, I'm strong. I am strong. I am strong. I am strong. I'm strong in the Lord. In the power of his might. I go from strength to strength. The Lord is the strength of my heart. And my portion forever. I am strong. I have divine strength. The same spirit. That raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Dwells on the inside of me. He strengthens. He quickens. He revitalizes. He restores. My physical body. In Jesus name. I am strong. I am strong. I am strong. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I I just sense that people have kidney issues. I want you to put your hands back on your kidneys. If you've got heart issues, I want you to put your hand on your heart. If you've got lung issues, I want you to put your hands on your lungs. If you've got uh, problems with migraines or anything that's going on in your head, put it on your head. Uh, If you've got ailment in in your uh, knee, are in your joints, I want you to place your hand on that. And right now, in Jesus' name, come on, put your hand on it. In Jesus' name, we direct by faith the life of God to this area of our life. And just say that area, in this area of our life. And we thank you that the divine life of God is flowing right now by faith into that area right now, strengthening revitalizing, renewing, and giving strength to that area right now in the name of Jesus. I am strong. I am strong. I am strong. The Lord is the strength of my heart and my portion for The Lord is the strength of my heart. Hallelujah. I receive divine strength. He has given power to the faint. Hallelujah. And to those that have no might, he increases my strength. Praise God. When I feel like Paul said it this way, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Praise God. Hallelujah. When I feel weak, when I feel that I can't do it, that's the strength of the strength of God is going to come into my life. Amen. I can rely on a strength that is greater than any strength that is greater than anything. The same strength that created the world that powers the sun lives on the inside of you. Joints be strong in Jesus name. Immune systems be strong in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Strength to immunity systems here today in Jesus' name. Strength. 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 Revitalization right now. Revived by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Now, one thing that you have to understand is that when the Word of God is articulated, it creates a habitation of God in the Spirit. And that when the Word goes forth, it's basically like building materials is what it is. And it builds and frames what God wants to do in your life. And so you've got to see it in your heart and you've got to make it yours. You've got to take that word and you've got to take it and make it yours. You've got to make it yours. It's mine. It's the Greek word lambano. It means to take, to seize and to pull it to yourself. And you know, in the fifth chapter of the gospel of Luke, it says Jesus is teaching The same thing that he taught everybody. He went around teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing all that were afflicted with sickness and disease. That was his ministry. That's what he did. He would say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he hath anointed me to, you know, bind the brokenhearted, to set at liberty the captives, to bring sight to the blind. I came to manifest the kingdom. But there were doctors of the law, there were (coughs) Pharisees, there were people that were there that weren't there to hear that message. They were there to criticize that message as there are people today that are doing the same thing. But it says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And I'm telling you, religious people are the sickest people in the world. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them, but because they would not take it and make it theirs. Remember in in Luke chapter four, Jesus read that scripture out of Isaiah and then he sat down and he looked at them and he said, this scripture is now fulfilled in your hearing. What was he saying? Get a hold of it. Get a hold of it. I come against distraction. I come against doubt. I come against unbelief right now in Jesus' name. I come against your ignorance that you've got from your grandmama. Some of you are wrestling with Grandma Jones in your head. She's telling you, I don't believe that way. No, it's what the Bible says. It isn't what grandma says. It isn't what your preacher said at your other church. It's what the Bible says. It's not even what I say. It's what the Bible says. I read to you the Bible, the Bible, the word of God that's been set above. God has set above his own name, a God who cannot lie. Jesus said, thy word is truth. Either you believe it or you don't. You can walk out of here weak as you came in. And I guarantee you the devil's going to kick your teeth in for hearing this message. Or you can rise up in the strength of the Lord and say, I take it right now. I take it right now. Hearts are being strengthened right now in the name of Jesus. Kidneys are being strengthened right now in the name of Jesus. Joints are being strengthened right now. 
you're going to be watching football and going, oh, man, I feel that pretty good. Eyesight's being restored right now in the name of Jesus. Eyesight's being restored. Eyesight's being restored. Hallelujah. Those that have been affected by strokes, God's repairing the synapses. He's repairing that gray matter. Hello. Come on now. Why? Divine life has been imparted through the word. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And when, you know, I'm not saying my words are spirit and life, but when I read from that Bible, that's spirit life. And when you get a hold of that, you take that into yourself, it'll supercharge you. It is the food that you're supposed to run on. Jesus said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. I'm the bread that came down from heaven. Bread is a form of sustenance, is a form of strength. We take it in. Strength comes into our lives. You don't have to be weak. Hallelujah. Some of you are looking, like, looking at me and thinking, oh, when, when can I get to steer in and get some real food? But I'm telling you, brother, I'm letting the Holy Spirit do his work. Saturate you. Saturate you. God can touch you right where you're at. In the back, back row, God can touch you. I don't need, you don't need a laying on of hands. You don't need to listen. The divine praise God. Presence of God is here. God's face is towards you right now. God's face. That's what the presence of God is, is his face. His face is towards you. It's not turned from you. He did turn his face. He did turn his face there so they could turn it towards you. And when his face is towards you, the possibilities are endless. The very creator of the universe is looking at you right now. And he's looking at you through eyes of love and acceptance. He's looking at you through, through eyes wanting what you desire to happen in your life. God wants you well more than you want to be well. God wants your loved ones saved more than you want them saved. God wants you to prosper and be in health, but it's as your soul prospers. You've got to continue to gaze because as I gaze at the cross, my soul prospers. How do I gaze at the cross? Through his word. There's life. Amen? There's life. Praise God. Amen. Can we give God a shout of praise? Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. You can't judge that God is working based upon your flesh. You can't judge that God is working based upon your mind. You've got to believe God and know that he is in your spirit by the Holy Spirit. Oh, God, I could go on and on and on. I have so much to impart, but we've exceeded our time. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, I tell you this, go in the strength of the Lord. Go in the strength of the Lord. Amen? Hello, you young people, you, you know, your bodies are working and everything and, you know, you've got strength. You're thinking, man, I don't need this. No, you're going to need it. You're going to need it. 
Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I tell you what, the Lord is just, uh, there's something happening here. There's something happening here. There's something happening. His presence is here. It's strong. It's strong. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah for your presence, Lord. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Go in the strength of the Lord. You're dismissed. Praise the Lord. <laughs>